This morning, I want to begin by introducing you to three people. Three people for whom some of that story, their stories you might know. Their names are Donald Gould, Cody Lee, and Michael Orr. Take a look. Cody. Hi, Cody. I'm Cody. I'm going to sing a song for you on the piano. I love it. Tina, tell us a little bit about Cody. Cody is blind and autistic. Oh. Wow. We found out that he loved music really early on. He listened and his eyes just went huge. And he started singing. And that's when I just, I was in tears, because that's when I realized, oh my gosh, he's an entertainer. I've been to so many places in my life and time. I've sung a lot of songs. I love you from my life. On a chilly day over Thanksgiving break, while driving past the school, the Tui family saw Orr in cut-off jeans and a t-shirt walking to the gym. All that put together was very compelling. I mean, you just go, wait a minute, you know, I can do something. She obviously looked into his heart and saw that there was a whole lot needed more than, than just food. Michael just needed to be loved. I hugged him for a year before he ever even hugged me back. And I think that was probably the first time in his life that someone had true that he really in his heart knew that somebody loved him for him. I felt like I was wounded here, you know. I think that's that's what it was. I mean, just felt like I was wanted and needed. Almost instantaneously, his rare combination of size and speed landed Orr as the number one offensive lineman prospect in the country. And everyone wanted his services. He showed us that he was a uh, uh, a diamond in the rough, if, if you would, um, with, with a tremendous amount of determination. It's just an instant when they come across that stage to see that look in his eye, um, you know, it meant, uh, it meant the world uh, to me to see him and to know that he'd achieved that and that he did have, a, a, he had a future. What does Donald Gould, Cody Lee, Michael Orr, and the lame beggar in Acts chapter 3 all have in common? 
They all had people who were willing to step into the brokenness of their lives and help them call forth their God-given purpose and destiny. For Donald Gould, it was the person who decided, who decided to put a piano out on the city streets of Sarasota, Florida, for anyone to play. And it was the person who decided to videotape him and put it on social media so that over two million people could hit that video in a very short period of time. For Cody Lee, it was a mom who discovered that her son, trapped in a body that was blind and autistic, was actually a musical prodigious savant with a God-given talent for singing and playing. For Michael Laurie, it was the Tui family that saw a teenage boy from the school that their children attended walking down the street on Thanksgiving break with only a t-shirt and shorts. They stopped and they welcomed him into their family. For the lame beggar, it was Peter and John going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. He was simply asking for alms to make it for another day. Instead, he received something much greater by the grace and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His lameness left him and he was replaced by walking and leaping and praising God. These are four stories, powerful stories that remind us of what the New Testament church was and what the church in America needs to be today. The Gospel of Luke tells us about how Jesus, after his 40-day experience in the wilderness, he returned to Nazareth. And the power of the Spirit was upon him, as Luke records. And there he went to the synagogue on Sabbath, He was handed the scroll of Isaiah and Jesus read these words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus came to set people free. These four stories, and there are many, 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 many more stories of freedom. Stories of people who have become imprisoned and trapped by the circumstances of their life. Some by decisions they've made, others out of, completely out of their control. And what's important to know is that it's not how they got there that's as important as the God-given destiny that God has for them. And so here is the first lesson this morning for us at North Olmsted Evangelical Friends Church as we continue to consider the marks of the New Testament church. There are people all around us created by God with the very breath of God who need to be and want to be set free from the bondage of their circumstances. However great or small, there are people all around us who need to be set free. 
On late Wednesday afternoon of this past week, I was, as I had begun thinking and praying through and getting ready for this message this morning, I made my way to Metro Health Hospital to see Tom, who just started coming to our church in recent weeks. And on my way into the hospital by the emergency room, there was a man with a bandaged arm sitting by the wall. He asked me if I had some spare change I could give him. Well, I don't carry change. I had no change. And so I said I didn't have anything to give. As I continued walking through the hallway of the hospital, God's spirit began to convict me. And so, after doing my hospital visit, I was determined. If he was still there, I wanted to introduce myself, find out his name, listen to his story, and at very least pray for him. But he wasn't. And part of my spirit sank at that missed opportunity. But I thank God that I have a forgiving God. In the story of Peter and John and the lame beggar, the story turns on Peter's words when he says to the lame beggar, I have no silver or gold, but what, do, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What I do have, I give. This is the second lesson for us this morning. The story is not about what Peter and John don't have. It's about what they do have. And here's what we need to hear this morning. So listen very closely. What Peter and John have, we have. If Peter and John had simply given the man a little silver or a little gold, that man would have been temporarily satisfied. But the circumstances of his life would never have changed. Days or weeks later, he would once again rely on somebody to carry him to the gate so that he could beg for more. What I love about this story is that John and Peter demonstrate that making a difference in someone's life is not about having enough money. It's not about having the right education. It's not about having the right status or the right plan. Keep in mind, Peter and John gave up everything to follow Jesus. So what do we have that Peter and John had? It begins with understanding the reality that we have the power and the presence of Christ in our lives. What I love about the Gospels in the book of Acts is that you see the life-changing difference that Christ makes when Christ goes from being alongside the disciples to dwelling inside the disciples. 
through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit living with Peter, within Peter and John, they could do exactly what Jesus did. Because of the presence of Christ living in our lives through the Holy Spirit, we have the same power, we have the same love, we have the same purpose, we have the same possibilities that Peter and John had and that Jesus had. Plain and simple. We can help set people free. Second thing you need to know about what we have is we have the kingdom of God at hand. The kingdom of God at hand. The gospel of Mark summarizes Jesus' message. As he proclaimed the gospel this way, the time is here and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus' mission, the mission of the early church, was to demonstrate and display the reality of the kingdom of God. All that takes place in the Gospels and all that takes place in the book of Acts points to and demonstrates the presence and the reality of the kingdom of God. What North Olmsted needs most of all, what Northeast Ohio needs most of all, what America needs most of all from the body of Christ is the presence and the reality of the kingdom of God. When the people of North Olmsted Look at North Olmsted friends or any other church in the community. What are their first thoughts? Is their first thought, there is the kingdom of God? Unfortunately, I highly doubt it. As we've moved forward as a church, it cannot be and it must not be simply about what a beautiful building we now have. It can't be simply about being known for the messages on the board outside. Our most important responsibility is to declare and demonstrate the reality that the kingdom of God is here in all of its fullness. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of grace, the kingdom of compassion, the kingdom of truth that Jesus has revealed, that Jesus has displayed, that Jesus has demonstrated. That is the exact kingdom that the Holy Spirit desires to reveal in us and through our lives. It's that plain. And I believe it's that simple. The other lesson for us this morning is that daily we have the opportunity to potentially change the life of someone. 
because we have the kingdom of God and that we have the power and the presence of Christ living in our hearts and in our lives. Daily, we have the opportunity to potentially change the life of someone. In the midst of their daily activity of going to the temple, Peter and John paused long enough to change the life of one lame beggar. I want you to stop and think about this for a moment. Our God who created heaven and earth, our God that chose to send his son from the throne room of heaven to be born into this world so that people could see with their own two eyes the very presence, the very power, and the very love of God. Our God loved us so much that his son died on the cross for us. He rose from the the dead for us. He ascended back to the throne for us. Our God, who sent us the Holy Spirit to live in us and to change us more and more into the likeness of our son. Our God, who did all that, certainly creates divine appointments in our daily lives so that we can display the kingdom of God and potentially be an instrument to change a life. God is not content with the way the world is. Neither should we. Christ in you, as Paul says, is the hope of glory. And that hope of glory is to bring hope to a dark and to be in a broken world, period. Period. Our life in Christ is not and cannot be defined by God, please bless me. Rather, our life in Christ must be defined by the words, God, use me. A piano and a video radically changed Donald Gould's life. It didn't mean all his problems immediately went away, but it did catapult his life in a different direction. No longer is he an ex-Marine whose life fell apart and fell into the pit of addiction. Instead, he is now a man who is now a recording artist, and he is restoring broken relationships. Cody Lee could have been left home alone, left in his own broken, autistic, and blind world. But he had a mom who found the key to unlock his life through music. Michael Orr, 
a young black man who could have fallen into the ways of the streets because he had no father and his mother was strung out and addicted to drugs. But a school and a family changed the trajectory of his life along with determination and spirit within that young man to become a successful NFL football player. Then there was the lame beggar. It wasn't silver or gold that changed his life, but it was two men filled with the Holy Spirit who gave him a hand and simply said, rise up and walk. How much time do you think that took? You know, I hope you had a chance to tour the Fresh Start RV converted bus last Sunday. I pray that our Fresh Start ministry will be one of those one experiences that changes the trajectory of at least one life. In a few months, we're going to be packing shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. There are literally thousands of stories of how one shoebox has changed the lot, thousands of lives. Hots every Saturday is on the streets of Slavic Village, praying and loving on people, hoping to change the trajectory of another life. Louis is telling our small group yesterday, last night when we met, he's telling us how, um, or actually it was Chris who was telling us how um, a woman came back for prayer. And this time she had, I believe it was her grandson Christian. Three months ago or so, they prayed with this grandma for Christian. Didn't, three months went by. Didn't know where that prayer went until she showed up with the boy on Saturday. Changing the trajectory of one life. You know, my prayer right now is I hope that somebody... <laughs> Well, I hope that we can have a food truck to join the, the Fresh Start truck, to join the laundry project, to join healing on the streets, that we might bring the kingdom of God to people so that life might be changed. You know, though, you don't have to be a part of some grand ministry. You don't have to be a part of some grand plan That's what the story of Peter and John teaches us. You bring the kingdom of God to school with you. You bring the kingdom of God to work with you. You bring the kingdom of God to the theater, to the restaurant, to the grocery store, to your neighborhood, to wherever you go. If Christ lives in you, you are bringing the kingdom of God with you. The only question is, do you allow other people to see and experience the kingdom of God within you? It might only require you to stop for a moment, to speak a kind word, to offer a prayer. Several weeks ago, one of the older ladies in our church, uh, Leah, we have been praying for Sophia, a three-year-old who uh, has had multiple heart surgeries. She felt impressed 
to make a blanket for little Sophia. It's a beautiful blanket. She brought it in, the entire class, we prayed over it. Had the privilege of bringing that blanket to her that afternoon. They were appreciative of the blanket. Not sure what that blanket will really do. But it's one person doing something small that could change the trajectory of a family or an individual's life. It's a beautiful blanket. They'll be able to, she'll be able to use it and look at it, and it's got alphabets and animals, and so it'll be a, it can be a conversation piece filled with prayer for years to come. Daily, we have the opportunity to change someone's life. Daily, we have the opportunity to be, to be the light and the love of the kingdom of God as the body of Christ. Daily. Because Christ is in us the hope of glory. Where were Peter and John going when they came across the lame beggar? They are going to the temple to pray. Prayer is the heartbeat of kingdom life and love. Without prayer, the church is only on life support. Now that the Holy Spirit lives within those disciples, I can only imagine what prayer times might have been like in the temple. That temple represents the very presence of God. Prayer is entering the presence of God and through what Christ has done, we don't have to just come here on Sunday morning to to be in the presence of God. We can be in the presence of God wherever we are because Christ lives within us. And the presence of God can change everything. This morning I want you to take out the goldenrod insert that is in your bulletin. It's an invitation to be a prayer warrior. Don't be scared by that title. On this sheet, in some very broad categories, are lists of ministries that are a part of the very fabric of our church. And I want to apologize ahead of time that there should be a spot that just says women's ministries. So if you want to pray for women's ministries, add another box to your sheet. There might be some other ministry that you think of But here's here's what we want to do. We want to enlist the entire body of Christ. And when I mean entire, I mean entire body of Christ. To choose at least one ministry, to choose at least one. To say, I'm going to commit to pray for that ministry. 
Imagine covering the church in intentional prayer but with the entire body of Christ praying for at least one ministry. Our promise to you is that if you fill out this sheet and you mark a box, whoever is responsible for that ministry is going to email you, text you, connect with you once or twice a month and to share several points to pray for as we move forward in the life of this church. Prayer changed everything for the New Testament church. And it can change everything for us. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and then Tim will lead us in our final song. And during that song, I want, you to, I want to invite you to come forward. There are two baskets, one at the end of this aisle, one at the end of this aisle. I want to invite you during that song to come up and to put that slip of paper in one of those baskets committing yourself to praying for at least one. Maybe God is leading you to pray for more than one. Don't check every single box off, though. If you physically have a hard time getting up here, hand your sheet of paper to somebody else. The beautiful part about this is we can, you know what, it doesn't matter what generation we're a part of. If we're young or whether old, we can be praying for some ministry within the life of the church. It all starts in the presence of God. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, What I have, I give. Father, I don't... Why do I want to give just simply the stuff of this world? When I can give away the kingdom of God. when I can give away love and grace and mercy, when I can give away the power of the gospel that can change a life. Father, I pray that we would become a church that would daily desire those divine appointments to give what simply we have to the heart and to the life of another person with the hope and the prayer that they might be set free.
Father. Help us to be a church where people will say, there's the kingdom of God. Not because of the beautiful glass windows that will be out front, but because of the people that gather inside. And because of the people that love on the outside. Father, we offer our lives to you this day. We offer you the life of this church this day. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done through us now and forever. Amen.